Hey, hey, hey. It is Saturday morning, September 1st. Has it cooled off yet in Arizona? The answer is no. September 1st. And it's 7 in the morning. Not a cloud in the sky. What? Nope, wrong. About uh, way off in the east, there's some clouds. Way, way off. And we can see a long way. It's a really clear day. <clears throat> so the colors, as few as there are, green, a few greens out there on the Indian Reservation in the Brown Mountain and the shadows. The sun's up and up for about an hour. But we have these rocks, basically, that are called mountains. But they're not really mountains or hills. Or this rock, it's really rocky. There's not much vegetation that grows on those things. So the shadows are there, and uh, down in the quote-unquote valley-ish area, there's <clears throat> some irrigation canals that Indians have had in, I think, for thousands of years. The canals. And so, uh, yeah, September 1st, 84 degrees. Bud, we're out for a walk. Got to get them in, out and in <clears throat> as we're... Uh, Got a vet appointment at 8.30. We're going to get his blood tested. And hopefully his valley fever's gone and we can get him off the medicine. So there you go. He's still perky. That's the way we like to see him. Energetic, ready to walk. Pulling on the leash. And yeah, Saturday, September 1st. The... Uh, podcast listeners. I mean, this is Arizona, so we we have a fairly, I don't know, what do you, I think it's a consistent weather. I mean, we're not, we're not like the Northeast, Midwest, different parts of the world where the weather changes um, quite often. We're just, we're kind of like, there's a three-month period where it's hot and sunny, very little rain. And then in the fall here, we're going to cool off a bit slowly. And uh, we'll start noticing that, uh, hey, it's pretty comfortable in the morning. And then eventually it will no longer be 100 degrees at 7 at night. It will maybe dip down to the low 90s and then the 80s. And then pretty soon it will be October and November. And it will be like, ah, this is awesome, sunny, and the temperature's down in the 80s. And then we'll be watching TV, and we'll see that it's snowing in the northeast, and we'll be like, snowing? Snowstorm? What? What's that all about? <laughs> and then, then we're thankful for our cool, sunny temperatures, November, all the way till May. May, even June 1st is where we kind of have to start getting ready for another three months june july august those three months the toughest and even many people say like wow it doesn't doesn't really cool off until um halloween which is october 31st and i say that's bogus that's a that's a bogus thought that's like a a negative don't be so negative man don't be a buzzkill you know, it might be 90 on Halloween, but that's like during the day and then cools off at night and in the morning. So, yeah, September, it's actually not bad right now. It's 84. It's a bit a bit warm, humid, 
So we yeah, we prefer, we are often five percent humidity in Arizona, five to ten. So thirty percent is quite a bit. So there's your September first weather check, and it probably won't change much for a couple weeks. So I don't need to talk about it anymore because not much is going to change. We're not going to get. We're unlikely to get any rain, and uh, that's it. You know, it's no snow on the ground, nothing to shovel, no flooding. At least in Phoenix area, there are some up in the mountains. But yeah, it's pretty good. And uh, here we are. And uh, it's a three-day weekend, Labor Day, Monday. Nice. Hang out by the pool. Pool temperature, pool water is getting down around 88 and uh, hopefully it'll hang in there in the 80s till October 1st, but it might dip into the 78 and then it starts getting cold and it's almost too chilly to swim because we're kind of wimpy. But I'll, I'll go in at 70, 70 and even in the 60s sometimes, especially if I run, if I run and I come back from running and just full of sweat, hot. There's nothing like, yeah, jumping in that pool and cooling off. Instant cool off. Yeah, so what else? Um, reading Acts chapter 5. Um, not my favorite um, chapter, but I noticed, you know, on my routine, so go through there. So the first part of the Chapter 5 is about this couple, and they sell some property, and <clears throat> then they end up dying. And It's kind of a weird story in a way. And um, I didn't finish recording or writing down my thoughts on this thing, but that's how the chapter starts out. And then it switches this to this... Uh, the guys teaching, the apostles, teaching in the Solomon's court, I think it is. So it's at the, near the temple, or at the temple. So this is where history and thinking about the timeline and what's happening. Um, it's fresh, you know. Christ had just risen like a couple months before, right? Less than 50, well, a little more than 50 days prior, and the Holy Spirit comes, and they're out preaching to the Jewish people. So, again, <clears throat> who are these people talking to is interesting. And, of course, in 2018, like we have now, you know, we, we think of you know, Christianity as just being very well understood, common. Billions of people will say that that's their faith, religion, Christianity. But there was a time when it was all Jewish in Jerusalem. And they were talking to each other. They were talking to their fellow Jewish people. And the second part of this Acts 5 is all about the, the religious people in power, the Sadducees and the chief priest, high priest, and the council. So they had this Jewish religious order that they uh, all 
agreed to. So, and that was the power structure at the time of power as in the power of the religious orders. And they didn't like this preaching by Peter and the apostles. And they were um, talking about Christ and his uh, crucifixion and resurrection. And uh, so we got some walkers out here. Morning. And uh, bikers. And then there's Bud growling and another dog. So, uh, hey, Bud. It's okay, Bud. Hey, Bud. Buddy. So, so, Bud, you're acting like a high priest. You're getting mad at the other dogs. Other, there are other dogs in their freedom. Right? Come on, bud. Oh, you want to go across? We'll go across. All right. Oh, you're breathing heavy in excitement. <clears throat> so the chief priest and the organization didn't like Peter and the message, especially, that you know, they're preaching it right in there temple you know and it comes out in the text that they're they don't like being called out for Christ's murder essentially or putting him on the cross so it kind of indicates that they don't really believe this resurrection and uh, and yet it just happened before them and these people are preaching resurrection. And so they don't, for number one, they don't believe in resurrection. Number two, they don't believe Christ was resurrected. So they kind of think this is a bunch of lies. It doesn't fit their ingrained beliefs. It's a real change for them to even entertain that thought. So they're just like, what? We, you know, they're upset about it. They don't like it. So they throw him in jail, and uh, they're in jail, and then an angel lets them out. That's good, and they're out back out preaching and teaching again, teaching what's going on. It's real simple, too, the gospel. It's Jesus came, was crucified, died, buried, rose, and ascended to heaven, and sent his Holy Spirit. That's it. We usually stop at, like, resurrection, but ascending, again, if you've... You may know my opinions on that. I think the ascension is overlooked. You know? And uh, also, of course, the Holy coming Holy Spirit is uh, overlooked. And uh, that's what's fun about reading Acts, because you see the fresh response and what's going on and how confident the apostles are in preaching what they do. So it's a great story. It's a great place to start. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think the book of Acts should be the first book in the New Testament, but they have the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and my opinion is like, okay, those are good historicals, but it's not the first books that were written, really. They come much later. I mean, Acts comes later, too. It's like 64 AD, and Paul's probably written about 10 letters before Luke writes Luke and Acts. He probably writes them 
63, 64. And Luke, Luke's doing a good job. That's great. But uh, from my perspective, looking back, I think it's awesome to start with Acts because you just get the results of what Jesus came to do. And um, it, you know, it starts out with Jesus being resurrected. He's resurrected, talking to these people. And then he leaves, and the Holy Spirit comes. And um, I think I talked about the symbolism of that, which was amazing. The, the, it turns out Moses brought down the tablets, God's law written on tablets, down to the people 50 days after the Exodus. So um, they were released from bondage, and then 50 days later, the word came. Well, for us, 50 days later, the Holy Spirit came to write that word in our hearts. Now, what do we have here, bud? Do we have any more Heimlichs? Do we have, am I missing something here? Are we all out, bud? No, we got, we got one left. There it is. Maybe two. Let's see what we got. Um, and the answer is two. All right. So, um, yeah, we've got that. We've got it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. What is that? What is the Holy Spirit? So that's, even in chapter 5, we've got Holy Spirit. It's just continuous throughout the whole book of Acts and Paul, of course, his letters. And uh, it's all recorded. And where am I going with this? So, all right. So we've got the people in the temple protecting their power, the priests, and uh, Gamaliel, or Gamaliel, reminding the, the high priests and the people in power that, you know, hey, there's been other movements of people and basically says if it's of God it, you won't you shouldn't stand against it so just let the guys go because there's been two or three other people in the last few years that came with a movement and then it was dispersed so yeah I got more to write down in my journal on that when I get back from walking bud but it's a good idea to get bud out now because I don't know what the timing is I got to get him home and then get ready to go to the vet so there we go. What else? So, Acts. We covered it. What else is going on? Um, Twitter. So I've got some a change in motivation. I want to attract people to a survey to answer one question. And that one question is, what is challenging, frustrating, a problem, a hindrance to connecting with God every day? And, uh, you know, we go to churches and we hear sermons and we get knowledge and we get teaching. And many pastors would agree that it's our connection with God. Spending, they call it spending time with God. And so 
vague. It's very hard to articulate that. What does that mean? Or even, even another phrase that's used, spending time in the Word, right? So what does that mean? What does that look like? What is, what is it? So I have some ideas on that. And, um, but I've been advised that it's a really good idea to find out what a lot of people think about that and how they feel, whether they feel deeply connected to God on a daily basis or not, and what, what uh, problems or frustrations they might be having, and let people tell me their experience, because my experience is limited. I'm just one person, and I just have my experience. And so it's not, a, it's not helpful if I just assume everybody thinks the way I do. And especially since I'm pretty sure I'm, I don't, there's very few people that think the way I do. So, and I, I'm, I'm giving up one of my funny jokes. I gave it out in public yesterday. One of my, I feel like I want to copyright this expression. I don't think anyone will steal it. Someone might steal it, but, and, and you know, this is what's also interesting when you get to be, over 50, you wonder, like, is this my idea, or did I, did I hear this from somebody else, like, 30 years ago, and just now have remembered it in a weird way, the brain, like, comes up with something, and you're like, I'm like, is this really original, or did I hear this 15, 20 years ago, forgot about it, and now the brain brought it back? So I'm kind of a word guy, like I like words and playing with words and stuff. So I have, I mean, and then expressions are always fun and quotes. So um, the, the deal is the, the body of Christ concept, right? So when you, reading the New Testament, you read about Paul and the Holy Spirit and gifts, um, pretty much, it would, I'm pretty sure it's Paul but maybe Peter as well has said something like it. I don't think so, but I think it might be just a Paul thing. But there's a hands, feet, eyes, ears, different parts of the body. And now we got another little boggy. Morning. Good, good. Hey, guys. They're both barking away. All right. Come on, bud. So we're all different parts of the body of Christ. Many of you that go to church have heard that expression many, many times. So yeah, we're gifted differently. We have, um, it's a useful analogy to describe like hands, feet, eyes, nose, mouth, knees, the whole, the whole concept, the body, right? So we all have different functions and different, um, purposes let's say so my cutesy little thing because I know I, I'm a contrarian they call it right or I, I don't even know if I would ad adopt that terminology of course I don't like being pegged as anything you know it's like I don't like what they call frameworks you know like okay these people are this these people are that put people in a box and say like well I know that whole group and they just don't, it's useful maybe for political discussions or 
other things, but just to put people in a box just really tweaks me off. And um, so I, yeah, I tend to analyze what's being said. So I noticed that yesterday when I was, met this uh, couple and the family at the grocery store. We were, I hadn't seen them in a long time. But uh, <clears throat> we were, basically I'm saying now, there's a shift. So I want to use Twitter in a way that's like self-promoting. So basically this big name people, a lot of them self-promote, right? They tweet and they get followers. And you know, it's like, it's, it's kind of, it's their brand, right? Whatever, whatever they tweet about is their brand. And um, so, and, and there's some famous Christian people like John Piper and Tim Keller and Joel Osteen, of course, Beth Meyer, or wait, is it Beth Meyer? Beth, Beth Moore, Joyce Meyer. And these people have followers. Could be, I think Beth Moore has 800,000 followers or something on Twitter. And, and so they tweet, and maybe they pay someone to tweet. I've, I'm a, I've been an observer of Twitter for a couple years, and I, I have my pseudo-personality called Wu Chang. He's an Asian hipster, I call it. It's pretty cool. I like Wu. Wu Chang's my go-to tweet personality. So it's not, it looks like he's from Asia and it's pretty fun to, to use this. I just Googled um, Asian hipster. And so I got this cool picture of a guy sitting like on a rock or something with sunglasses on. And he just looks cool, you know, Asian hipster. And then I put like, I think it's the night sky of Beijing. So like, you know, I'm so hip. I'm I'm up at night, man. I'm just a Beijing party animal. That's Wu Chang, man. <laughs> I really like Wu Chang. So, so Wu, because he's somewhat anonymous, you know, I can see Russell Moore or some, some guys that I follow that mostly my, my general characteristic is to be contentious or read something say something you know it's kind of like homeland security if i see something say something so twitter's twitter's kind of goofy right 140 characters so i um can read something and i'll, I'll just my my natural inclination is like what's wrong with this tweet <laughs> really you know, many people would say that's oh, that's so negative. I'm like, well, I can't. That's me. I, that's what I look at. I'm like, what's wrong with this tweet? Or what? Or even because it's limited in communication, right? This is what I also people try to make statements or quote a Bible verse as if that communicates something. You know, it's like especially John Piper is famous for this. He just throws out Bible verses, and I'm like, what? what is that communicating what is that what are you trying to say you know so there he he's really ripe for you know twisting his tweets and things but i actually because he pretty much simply sticks to that 
I kind of don't really hassle him that much. Wu Chang doesn't harass him. So you notice I'm, it's not really me, your podcast host, who does the harassing. It's Wu Chang. So Wu, I, I have a multiple personality, not disorder. It's intentional. I'm being intentionally multiple personality. <laughs> So, yeah, so you just got, it's again, the distribution curve. Multiple personality can be looked at as a disorder or it could be strategic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm real strategic with Wu Cheng. So, and, and it also gets into my whole beliefs of what is Twitter, really? To me, it's a bunch of baloney. And... Um, you know, it's it's entertainment. To me, it's the bathroom reader, I think I mentioned before. So, like, you got your phone now, and you're, you're sitting on the toilet. And instead of picking up the bathroom reader that you used to have, you just pull out Twitter and check out some of the people you follow. So I, I tend to follow, or have, with Wu Chang anyways, these religious leaders that tend to tweak me off. Now, Joel Osteen doesn't tweak me off, but he's got, like, 20 million followers. And um, Beth Moore doesn't tweak me off. I've heard lots of criticism of her. But I don't care about criticizing Beth Moore. I, she's probably quite decent gal, you know. And probably does a lot of good stuff. So I'm not going to argue with Beth Moore. But there's these other guys that mostly the political-oriented Christian guys. So they're, they're, they're some, you know, supposedly where they are, Christian leaders. And they may be really poor Christian leaders, but... They are Christian leaders nonetheless. And, uh, yeah, and I'd say doubtful as to whether they're great or not. But anyways, they're out there. They have followers. And people agree with them. And I don't, I'm not looking for a following with Wu Chang. I could care less how many people. I think I'm up to 30, 30 followers on Wu Chang. And Wu's purpose in life is just to stir the pot up a bit, you know. So some people follow me because they like they like my smart ass remarks. So I get you know, but that's that's my Wu Chang personality. So now I've got something to to uh, a message. I'm getting around to my message, and I'll probably have to create another Twitter account and be quote unquote the real me or the branded me, right? So everybody's got this personal branding kind of concept, right? So who, who am I and, and what's my personal brand, right? So, yeah, that's still in flux, right? I, and I think realistically the brand is always modifying, changing. But you want to have a good core brand. So like Joel Osteen's branded, you know, you... He's so he's got 20 million followers. Beth Moore is a brand. So all these John Piper's a brand. You know all these guys are branded. Personal branding. It's basically you kind of know you get to know the people. They're out in public media, and I, I'm not seeking fame, but I do have a message I want to get out, and it's a message that's it's morphing. It's polishing part of the reason I walk the dog and talk on the podcast is just to 
practice articulating my ideas. So what I'm noticing as I, if I think back in the last 10 minutes, 10 minutes, I, I'm laying the groundwork for a punchline that's been going on for 10 minutes. <laughs> so I don't know if some astute listeners and probably an, a writing editor probably realizes like, get to the point, Mike, just get to the point. Well, I will, but it's like, I've still got 10 minutes to walk and maybe this is the comedic part of things. I'm just build. it's all build up. It's all building up to the punchline, but uh, you'll get there. We'll get there. So I'm just, I'm just drifting into branding. It's related, right? So it's all related to the branding and the message. Because when people think of Joel Osteen, they have a thought. There's something, you know, mega preacher, positive guy. The guy is totally 100% positive. He never has anything negative to say. And so a lot of people, some people criticize him because he's so damn positive, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> and and, uh, and yet he's, I don't know, if you listen to him, he's just encouraging. Right? I mean, it's like I can't listen to 20 minutes of him and, and I just feel like so uplifted and so encouraged is that not a good thing i don't you know and it's not like false hope or anything so yeah so those words come out of joel's mouth he's very fast communicator he gets a lot of he packs a lot of information in 20 minutes and it's non-stop and we can keep up with it um and it's his practice he's been doing it's like one of those Malcolm Gladwell things he's probably done 10,000 25 minute talks so you do something 10,000 times you get really good at it and um, yeah my brain just switched to how many podcasts have I done now? I'm probably up to like 80 but they're all kind of crappy probably you have to have a lot of patience to listen to the whole thing probably but it's real. That's one thing you're guaranteed to get from this podcast is just real stream of conscious thought. And your podcast host sincerely loves everybody always, right? That's the that's my mantra that I like to go to. I got a few mantras. I'm I'm building up my repertoire of mantras. But I do like love everyone always because we all have issues so like or or the black slice i like to call it the black slice is a useful visualization so take a circle and uh if you've been born again you get the holy spirit in you but you may have a black slice somewhere that's just not right and usually we're not self-aware of our black slices like like maybe one of my black slices that i ramble but I would defend that and saying, well, that's me. You know, I'm a rambler. I'll talk, I'll talk, talk, talk. I don't speak in bullet points like someone advised me. Just speak in bullet points. Well, that's not deep communication, is it? I could get to this punchline real quick, but it's not, it's not effective, right? So anyway, so mantras, love everyone always. So this host, if you're listening, you made it 20-some minutes into it. And again, I have no problem if you want to play it at 2x speed because I'm sure you can keep up with every word that comes out of your podcast mouth 
at 2x speed and you'll save 15 minutes on your life. But what's the go forward blessing? What's the go forward? How can you get some input? So this is another thought I have. It's, man, we can get so many inputs. I, I used to walk the dog and listen to podcasts, right? Now I'm walking the dog and I'm making podcasts. And I'm making them for myself because speaking out and expressing my thoughts is probably a lot more useful than listening to someone else's thoughts over and over again. So here we are walking the dog and um, I'm establishing that I'm basically a guy that historically has challenged every thought that I hear. You know, it's kind of like, really? I mull it around. I take some idea and I think about it. A lot of people say that's a pain in the butt, right? And But that's kind of my DNA. So I'm working on it. And this week, as I was realizing, wait a minute, a lot of people go to Twitter. A lot of people are looking at Twitters, tweets, especially famous people. And so what's my quote-unquote audience that I'm trying to reach with a message and they'll most resonate with people that are churchgoers and we have millions of churchgoers in the United States whether they go to Methodist Church, Presbyterian Church, Lutheran, Roman Catholic people there's there's millions of people and even around the world that have the intention to go to church and follow religious leaders my contention is my message is we need to start taking ownership over our own following. In other words, the religious institutions, the churches, the organizations uh, will spoon feed us, feed us, give us instruction, tell us what to do. But um, we can feed ourselves is what I call it. And um, as I was in that Fry's grocery store yesterday, I was realizing, you know, it's really easy to go to a church and then sit back and criticize it and say, well, this is what's wrong with it. And I know there's no perfect church, but I also went through this process or stage where I'm like, well, I know there's no perfect church, so I'm just going to stick with this one and not move. You know, it kind of has its deficiencies. And probably the number one deficiency is it didn't, allow for or encourage other people to use their gifts. So as I read the New Testament, I see that there's the power of the Holy Spirit working in people's lives, and we preach and teach on Sunday morning about having gifts. And we may even do like a spiritual gifts inventory once a year, but there's not a lot of people encouraging the use, daily use, of our gifts. And so they, they are very limited in the structure. So this other church I started going to, I see it as a bigger church, maybe three times as number of people going there, and three times the number of opportunities to serve or do something. So I'm kind of leaning towards that one, but with my wife's cancer and her support group being at the original Stick It Out, church I'm kind of floating back into that so I'm like how do I work with this so I had a good conversation with the pastor on some things and he's actually I was surprised I just in other words I have something to quote unquote ask of someone else 
So then I'm, it just changes my whole attitude, right? Because I'm trying to um, request politely some support to do something. So, gee, surprise, surprise. I'm not so contentious anymore. <laughs> and the same thing on Twitter. So I'm, I got this little URL, which um, I encourage the podcast listener, if you made it this far, it's bit.ly slash forward slash Q, the letter Q, F-O-R, for churches. So B-I-T period L-Y. A lot of people call that bit.ly. B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Q, the letter Q, as in question. There's one question there. Q for churches and I'm, I'm and basically I'm saying hey you guys are all going to church tell me what your experience is with deeply connecting with God so that's my URL that I'm trying to get in front of like 5,000 six seven thousand people get it in front of their face so that you know not everyone's going to respond not everyone is going to say yeah I'll take two minutes and share my thoughts. And that's pretty much all it takes is two minutes. Just, and and maybe, maybe you really want to share your thoughts. And so maybe it takes three minutes. But the point is, I want to know what people's frustrations are, challenges are in taking, it's, it's in a way, it, the, the question is simply deeply connecting with God. But to me, it's more of like, you know, are we going to take responsibility? We, we can read now. I mean, we have Bibles electronically. We have them in our phone. Are we? And the religious leaders have said for a thousand years, like, oh, the power is in the Word of God. Well, and since you can't read, I'm going to read it for you is what it used to be, right? And then it became, well, you can read, but nobody had them printed for you. So, you know, until 1500s is... Nobody really had their own copy. Now we're like loaded with them. They're everywhere. You can get the scriptures everywhere. So if the power is in that, do we need to wait for every Sunday to get empowered? And then when you read the scriptures, you see that really Peter, John, Paul, the original guys, I mean, they didn't. Every day was powerful day. Every day was living the faith. And I, I think deep down it makes sense, right? We go on Sundays and we, and I still haven't figured out, like they call it the worship service, and it's really just not communicated well. Um, and, or maybe I just don't get it. So full confession, maybe my black slice, I just don't get Sundays. But we go to church and we hear a sermon. We want them to either to be 10, 15-minute homily, 10-minute homily in the Roman Catholic Church, or, you know, we don't really want it to be more than 25 minutes. And then some people go 40 and full 60 minutes. And it's like, whoa, dude, that's a long time. But if that's all, it's like almost like the teachers are excited, the preachers, about what they have to say, of course, right? They're enthusiastic about preparing for that Sunday morning deal. But the thing is, is like, they're just a guy or a gal. And God has gifted every listener to the podcast a special way. They've given you life, given us life. And I'm just, I'm processing this myself. 
I don't have the answer, but I'm saying the answer we find we are so blessed now to have the scriptures ourselves in the mind and to read and to think. And it's probably better to spend 30 minutes every day pondering, journaling, sharing your thoughts about your life because only you know your life. Your pastor or religious leaders, they don't, they're quote unquote ministering to hundreds or if you know thousands of people they can't know the intricacies and and so the the passive passive christian which is probably 95 percent of us it's a huge percentage i don't even know i've just made up a statistic and uh it's passive and i i this is the transformation it's like i'm responsible for my own transformation you've probably heard it in church like god you know romans 12 be transformed by the renewing of your mind yeah and so we hear it and we go okay i heard that on sunday and we go back to our regular routine and maybe in the back of our minds we're wondering like there's got to be more to it than just sunday you know and we may get Someone may shout at us on Sunday morning, like, you've got to integrate church into your life, or go be the church out there, and blah, blah, blah. And it's all motivational slang. But it's possible to take responsibility for that. And in the grocery store yesterday, what I noticed was, I was as I was expressing it to two people I know well, and I actually notice that I'm no longer critical so much of the churches because we all agree they all have problems and then leaders and that's where the black slice comes in and we got to love everyone always with their black slices and let's not fight their black slices we it's easier for us to see someone else's problem and so the speck the log and the speck in the eye thing is uh should all, could also be like thought of as a black slice because somebody else's black slice might be or more than likely going to be different than ours because we have clarity. We have clarity in that area, but they don't. Just like there's some areas I don't have clarity on. They're black slices to me. And by talking to someone else or being in fellowship and being building up with someone else, I will... I will get better. I could possibly get better if the, if God will help me in that area and if it's important. So um, the Sunday, the, the taking responsibility for our relationship with God, and really, and you think about it, we talk about this relationship with God or this personal relationship with God. But again, how I've heard that for 40 years, but it's like, Who's gonna, who really articulates what that looks like? And who articulates um, what uh, the how to, so to speak? How do you do that? And um, that's kind of what I'm about a little bit. And since I made it home, and it's probably pretty long in the podcast here but let me wipe your feet off um um, go ahead i'll I'll do that um so 
we're pretty long into the podcast, and I've promised this great punchline, and so we'll get to that now. So the the basic setup was the um, the body of Christ, right? So we're all different parts of the body. Some are hands, feet, eyes, nose, mouth, ears, elbows, knees, shins, and so forth. Even thumbs, I guess you'd say, thumbs, right? So about a year ago or so, I was journaling and just having one of these moments, and I realized, you know, I'm pretty pretty contentious. I, I can argue with just about anything. And it's I, I know it's a choice. It's part of my environment growing up and and uh dna probably being irish you know we're just we're just cantankerous beings and we're definitely gift of gabby irishman so i came across this expression and ben said well that would look great on a t-shirt and i said well it it would, and I'm like, does it? Do we put the graphic image in there, or just the words? And and we, and his wife Heather was there, and she's like, she stood after I I blurted out my little commentary about the body of Christ. She's she's was thinking about it a bit. Anyways, because um, she's kind of struggling to find a church, and I'm encouraging him like, well, do your thing, do your daily thing, and so maybe I'll talk about that some more with Heather and Ben but um, uh, here it is folks the punchline is so you, this could be made into a t-shirt I don't know maybe maybe someday it will be maybe it'll have a nice graphic but it it's it's kind of it's controversial but I guess you'd expect that from me too right so probably my position that I'm getting comfortable with what is my role in the body of Christ what is what is my role right and I'm just one person and I believe in gifts people have different gifts and I want to encourage people to be outliers I've mentioned that before like what are you really good at what are what are you really good at doing and then do that and and that and and have this relationship with God every day and make sure you're walking in the Holy Spirit make sure you're you're and no, and only you can do it. I mean, only you need to, you can get the confidence. Like I just love first Corinthians four where, where, where Paul says, it's what, I mean, this is like the most under preached passage. First Corinthians four, I think it's three through five. It's the most under preached text I've ever heard. <laughs> he just basically, Paul says, I care very little if I am judged by you or any other human court. I don't even judge myself, but that doesn't make me innocent. You know, Paul says it doesn't make me innocent, but it's the Lord that judges me. So that, that is such confidence by Paul. I just love that. He is so confident that he's just going to live. And, and we know Paul is humble because he says in other places how he's the chief of sinners. I mean, he was persecuting the church. So he's very humble. And these are, this is over a period of, you know, he lived for 30 some years or so and after his conversion and so he has a pretty healthy view on on conversion and what what this means you know and and uh especially the gentiles you know and we're 
I've talked about that before. So Paul is my guy. I like that. Um, I think we can learn a lot from the guy. He wrote a lot of stuff. There's a reason why a lot of his stuff is in the New Testament. So um, more on that some other time. But So the body of Christ, where do I fit? <laughs> and I don't think anyone's ever said this before. So I think it's unique. But it's it fitting for me. It's fit. It fits me. I, I will, I will take it on. I will, I will wear this badge with honor. It's not for everybody, of course, because the the body of Christ has many poor parts of it, and that's what we can celebrate. We need to celebrate everyone's. Whether you're a thumb, you're a knee, you're a big toe, you're a heel. Wow, that doesn't sound very. Hard. I'm the heel in the body. But here it is, folks. Here's the punchline. So I consider myself to be, well, no, here's how the phrase goes. It's more of a statement. And I refer to myself. So somebody, right? So we got a full body, right? So there's got to be a part of everything. So my thing is somebody has to be the middle finger in the body of Christ. <laughs> So one more time, somebody has to be the middle finger in the body of Christ. So, yeah, what that has some quite a few mixed messages. It wouldn't work in Paul's day because they didn't use that middle finger expression. I think it's an outgrowth historically of the British two-finger salute where they were, the story goes that they were, uh, the French would cut off the English fingers, especially the... Uh, Guys that, uh, archers, so the archers, the weaponry back in the day were launching arrows in battle. So like in the Battle of 1066 or so. So if the French would catch an archer, they would cut off their two fingers so that they couldn't shoot arrows anymore. So then when the English would go into battle, then that became their, their, uh, battle cry they would find out that their fellow countrymen it's like dang they cut off my they cut off they cut off uh uh adam's two fingers you know he can't shoot the bow and arrow anymore so then forevermore the english would go into battle with the french and hold up their hand with two finger salute to the their french battle mates that they were about to try to launch a bunch of arrows at so i think that's the origin of the middle finger and uh, thank the English for that. And they, they, uh, it's got good historic context for it. But uh, I'm an American, so our salute is just the middle finger. And it, it is basically kind of like, eh, it's vulgar, but it also has that I don't agree with you kind of concept. Or there, there's, there's room in the, the church for disagreement, right? Positive and positive disagreement and that's what i hope to provide so with that it's been a long podcast it's saturday morning and we're going to take bud to the vet and see if his valley fever is on its way out so y'all have a wonderful um three-day weekend wherever you are in the world and uh we'll see what what the holy spirit stirs in me next time on the uh my next recorded walk with Buddy. Have a great day. Bye-bye.